There is a proposal that has dropped in Olympia now officially as a, a bill that lawmakers are going to look at and it's going to go through committees and they're ultimately going to vote on this at a few different levels. The proposal has the potential to end farming as we know it, at least in western Washington, and certainly would be harmful as well to farming in eastern Washington. We've talked about this idea here a couple of times in the last month or so. Jay Gordon uh, with the Washington State Dairy Federation has been here uh, to talk a bit about it, and he's been tracking this kind of issue that we're going to dig into for a long, long time. So has our guest this morning. By the way, welcome back to The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm with Save Family Farming and Watkins family farmers and joining me right now uh, with the Washington State Farm Bureau is their director of government relations Tom Davis welcome to the program Tom this it's this idea about mandatory buffers and it has so many problems with it it makes your head spin but now is the time for people to, to be speaking out about this because it's kind of started, right? In, in the legislature, they're working on, you know, moving towards getting something like this passed and, and making it a law in Washington state. Update us on where we're at right now. I understand uh, next, this coming Wednesday is a big day. So, yes, thank you, Dylan. Yeah, House Bill uh, 1838 has a hearing on uh, next Wednesday, 10 a.m. And people, if you're interested, you can go onto the legislative website and sign in uh, to to see, you know, what's going on with the bill. You can sign in to either testify or to take a position against the bill. Uh, maybe an easier way than that is to go to the the Washington Farm Bureau Facebook page. Yeah. And we just we just posted our action alert. And if you click on the link there, it'll take you to our action alert and it has step-by-step instructions on how to sign in or to either testify or to take a position on the bill. That's probably the easiest. You know, you were talking about these these buffers and, you know, we've been dealing with this issue for uh, over 20 years. And and the site potential tree height is the operative term, unfortunately, <laughs> that they're there. You know, it's the flag, the stake in the ground that the governor's office is using. And for those of us that live in western Washington, a site potential, it's the tallest tree that can grow on that particular piece of property uh, at, that's 200 years old, a 200-year-old tree. And so, for you know, that's that's a 200-foot-plus tree. Uh, and so the buffer would be equal to the size of that tree. Hmm. And it's not. And so it's not just, you know, it's it's a mandatory buffer and it's also a mandatory no touch buffer. And I think, you know, that often gets lost in this discussion. But if they mandate that your watershed is 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 one of their priority watersheds. And so all of this would apply to you. You would have this 200 foot just on one side. So if the stream river lake pond is on you know your on your entire property then you would do uh 200 feet on either side of that that piece of water uh and then you couldn't touch it and if you did touch it you did anything within that that buffer area you could be fined up to ten thousand dollars a day per violation by our friends at department of ecology uh so you know, to, there's there's so many problems that are stacked just in what I just told you. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you have if you have a small parcel, it says that you could be exempted if the buffer took up more than fifty percent of your property. But it d- never defines what small is. Mm. So what they're saying is it can take more than fifty percent of your property if you're a medium or large farm. 
and and there's no exemption. They, they, they could take up your entire property. There's nothing in this bill that would stop them from taking every acre that you farm uh, in a buffer. Okay, so, uh, to, so to step back a little bit, and again, like you say, there are just, even in just what you've said, there's already a stack of problems, and I know it goes a lot deeper even than that. But to go back to the basic concept, this idea of a uh, riparian buffer, planting trees along a stream, which can in many cases be a good idea if applied carefully, uh, sensibly, that fits the land use, the farming or city or whatever is around the area. Um, But the idea, and we've talked about this a lot with Jay Gordon and others on the show recently and over the years as well, the problem becomes when it's a mandatory thing, it's unbending, it doesn't account for site-specific considerations. The only thing that this does to tailor to the site is this site-specific tree height which again, why, right. why does it matter? Well, the only reason it matters is that's the tool that they're using to decide how big a buffer along any sort of stream might be based again on how tall a 200 year old tree in that area would possibly be. Um, so, you know, 225 feet as, as Jay Gordon has pointed out to us, you know, if that's on a, if that's on a ditch or a few ditches in a property, not only does a, a lot of a farm go away, I mean, you're looking at you know 400 uh, 450 foot swath plus the stream and w- where does this even begin from at the, at the edge of the water or beyond there i know that's another question mark can of worms that we can get into but first tom what do we know right now about what kind of stream body of water lake river anything what would this apply to so it would apply to everything including wetlands and we believe it would also apply to seasonal streams um, so it's it's anything that they can identify as having a riparian area to it. The or, an ordinary high water line along a stream or river uh, it'd be probably the same as, as with a with a lake pond. Again, like I say, wetlands. Um, Isn't this idea to create like basically riparian wetlands, but then they're saying if there's already an existing wetland, you have to have another buffer even further back. Yes. (laughs) Yes. To protect, to protect that wetland. Absolutely. Um, And if in the counties that are engaged in the voluntary stewardship program, the VSP, this would, this would for all practical purposes, blow that up. Because it's going to throw throw this mandatory program on top of what's been a voluntary program to achieve the same outcomes, which it has been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got now 10 years of, of work being done by counties all across the state, 27 of them, and that's going to be destroyed. Why would that, now, why would that blow that up? I understand I, someone I saw called this a CREP killer. Lots of people know about the CREP program, planting trees along streams as well. It's, it's part of VSP kind of activity if if i'm right and there's you know layers of state and federal support for this kind of stuff how does it blow all of that up but by by mandating this so let's yeah let's maybe focus on the crep issues so that is a voluntary uh, conservation program funded by usda if the state requires uh any conservation practices that pulls you out of qualifying for USDA uh, CREP funding because it is, again, a voluntary program. If you're being forced to do it, the feds won't pay for it. Uh. And a thing to think about with CREP, uh, the Conservation Commission has said the average buffer width in the state right now under CREP is 142 feet. That means 
There's some that are greater and some that are less than that, but the average is 142. So for the governor's office to, to throw down this mandate as if nothing else is being done in the state right now is yeah. turning a blind eye to all the good work, especially up there in Wacom, that the conservation district has been doing for decades. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty sad to see. And what your listeners might be interested in knowing, who has been involved in drafting this? Well, it's been the governor's staff with a, a few of uh, tribal representatives here in Western Washington, I believe, mm -hmm. but with no conversation over the summer or fall with the counties or cities that would be affected. And I just got a call today It's that said, hey, we're from the governor's office. We'd like to meet with some ag reps before the <laughs> hearing. Well, well, doggone it. The hearing is on Wednesday. They've had um, all summer and fall to talk to us. Unbelievable. And now today they want to do it. So yeah, shame on them. Yeah. Where is the involvement? I know that was an issue that uh, Jay Gordon, when we talked with him on the program was very frustrated with it's like okay if we want to do something we can debate all day long about the benefits and and you know there are a lot of reasons why this is pro you know a problem legally environmentally for farming like we've been listing some of these things but then you know having an open process having stakeholders building trust getting support it, it just oh, absolutely this process seems to be devoid of that which makes you really wonder you know what is the the end game here what is the ammo behind this i mean we can't read minds but it really makes you worry what what kind of games are going on here behind the scenes why they would want to go about this without including what would be the primary stakeholders affected which would be the farming community in this state um, um, and then, you know, shut out of the discussions and, until literally days, hours before hearings and, and actual process starts in the legislature. It, it's not right. Um, it's uh, to me, that's a due process issue. And it, it's. It is. But we'll see what happens you know, what, with that. What's that is, you know, people like me, Jay Gordon, as well, that you've mentioned, we spent, you know, literally a couple of decades developing relationships with stakeholders on all sides, environmental community. And with with uh, our friends within the, uh, the, 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 the the tribal nations that mm -hmm. are involved, I mean, we really have there, there are relationships where people can get together and have a conversation and work towards a common goal. And this kind of tactic blows up a lot of that. It makes mm -hmm. it more difficult to have a collaborative discussion and work towards a common goal when, in a sense, you know, there's there's anti-bullying bills in high schools, right, to keep people from uh, from bullying others. And, yeah. and this feels like a complete bully move by the governor. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's interesting done. you say that. I've thought of that before, to see some of the things that go on politically in this state and the way some groups behave. Um, and often it's the groups that will stand behind, you know, a woke perspective or a very politically correct language and, and demeanor, yet the tactics can be, like you said, um, essentially bullying uh, in how some of this stuff is pushed forward. It, it's it's really disheartening. Uh, again, we're talking with Tom Davis. Uh, he's uh, the Director of Government Affairs with the Washington Farm Bureau here on the Farming Show this morning here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Um, Tom, again, and, and we have more to cover on this in, in the few minutes we have left, but you're urging people to, to start speaking out now on this. Don't wait. You say go to the Washington Farm Bureau Facebook page, and you guys have already set up a step-by-step -step to help people be able to, to speak directly into upcoming hearings, even the one uh, this coming week. Yeah, so it, it, maybe that's a good one to focus on here, uh, Dylan, because uh, in a in a meeting with the the chair of the House uh, Ag based committee th this this afternoon, 
he really wants a fair and open conversation about this bill. And if it impacts people, he wants to hear from that because he recognizes there really hasn't been an opportunity for a public discussion about this this bill. So if, if especially for people who are farmers, um, if, if you could get a sense of what a, a 200 foot buffer would look like on your farm and how that would impact you, how much ground that would take out, uh, a 200 foot buffer at a linear mile is 24 acres. So wow. that, that may help folks get a sense of, of, of impact and, and how that would affect your farm operation. Um, and, and then come and, and sign up, testify and share with the committee about how bad this bill is, how it would affect your ability, your economic viability of your farm. Uh, the, the chair wants to hear that. And I, I, and I know the bill sponsor does as well. I mean, um, and so it needs to be part of an open public debate. So you can go again to the legislative website, um, or you can, for the link directly there, find a Washington farm Bureau, and you should be following them anyway on Facebook, but follow Washington Farm Bureau, find their post on it. They'll link you straight over to it. Probably they have a little bit of instruction there as well of how to about, go about signing up for this because the more the merrier as far as you know, people speaking out on this, how it would impact them, how they feel about how it would impact their community and all of the problems with this. Um, that, that is at least the benefit of, of the crazy times that we live in with so many things being remote and on Zoom is you can be just about anywhere and uh, make those kinds of comments and have your voice heard. Our voices need to be heard now more than ever with these kinds of things. Um, and again, we're talking with Tom Davis with the Farm Bureau here on the Farming Show on KGMI. Tom, you know, we've done some limited um, mapping just to kind of get a rough estimate of the impact, for instance, here on Whatcom County. And, you know, Whatcom County farmland is full of, you know, ditches and near streams and things like that. And like you pointed out, lots of work has already been done on building buffers and other riparian areas and, and fish habitat projects and all the stuff that's been worked on. Um, but if you slap this on top of everything else, potentially could take, and this is a conservative estimate from what I could tell, 30,000 acres of farmland just in Whatcom County out of production. I know Whatcom County has a stated goal of keeping a hundred, a minimum of a hundred thousand acres in, in farming here locally at the county government level. This would easily drop us well below that threshold. So for anybody who cares about local food um, and farming, any of that, this is a no win, but it's also potentially the upshot, the big picture is this could be more harmful for the environment than, than a benefit. Well, and you think about the impact then to the family farm, to your 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 local communities, uh, the taxing districts. I mean, it, it just it kind of tumbles down. It, it has an impact all across the county and then all across the state, the economic hit. Uh, agriculture is the second largest industry in Washington, and I do not know why this governor continues to attack such an important industry that that provides 160,000 jobs yeah. across our state. It, it really... It leaves you scratching your head. And, you know, I've vented a few times about some of the things that I really think is the MO behind some of this stuff. I asked Jay Gordon specifically about that on this issue. 
Tom, what, what do you think it is, just to step back with this buffer, mandatory buffer idea coming back again and again, and even experts, even, you know, the Department of Fish and Wildlife's own study saying applying buffers this way is not the right way to go about it. Um, why does there continue to be a small but obviously very loud and very influential group of what I believe, and this is my word, uh, environmental ideologues who continue to push this? And, and, and then on top of that, how, did, how is it that those are the folks that have the ear of the governor? Yeah, I've asked myself that same question for, well, 20-some years. And, I, we have, and, and this maybe helps paint how crazy it really is, because even in Department of Fish and Wildlife's own documents, they state that a 100-foot-wide buffer achieves 95% of removal of phosphorus, sediment, and, and most pesticides. So they're, you know, these buffers are supposed to help with water quality and mm -hmm. wood distribution into the streams. But Fish and Wildlife, is, their scientists are saying a 100-foot buffer gives you 95%. So then we're going to so do another 120, yeah, another 100 or 125, depending on the site-specific yeah. tree height for another, what, three four percent benefit it, it's almost if is it's like a religious zealot i mean it's not based on fact it's more yeah. based on the some kind of a uh, an emotional issue that that they need to have yeah. 200 i mean they they created it's a fictionalized number to say a site potential tree height they were trying to get how do we justify 200 feet and they landed upon this site potential tree height notion and now it's woven into everything they do um but it is hard to understand why 100 foot isn't enough. And we we're getting 142, like I said, with, with the average crimp buffer. So could we work together and, and push for more 142 foot buffers voluntary across yeah. the state? Or are we going to fight each other and draw the battle lines and get nothing done as we fight to exactly. protect our farm and, and, and defeat this bill? Honestly, there may be some places where it makes sense. It works for the land you surround it, for the farming and for the stream. Uh, it's a sensitive area. Maybe it's not important farmland or not particularly productive where a 300 foot buffer would make sense fine then let's do that right. there and if we can do that cooperatively and with trust and with conversation between everybody collaboration then that's a win for everybody and then there may be some places where it only makes sense to do a 25 foot buffer or a 50 foot buffer uh, whatever it might be let's make it make sense for the environment for the farming around it for the community there are so many more things to look at holistically when making these kinds of decisions then like you said you know what science is this even based on this site potential tree height possibly 200 or 225 foot even more uh, even bigger buffers um, again, based on what I, I think a lot of people knee jerk think, well, this must be for, you know, the salmon, uh, it must be based on science when in reality, as you're explaining it, a lot of the detail here is kind of a veneer for, for something that really isn't a follow the science situation at all. And, you know, I guess I would add too. there's, there's probably people listening to this, to us this morning that, that aren't in farming and wondering, you know, exactly why they should care about this. Right. One of the things I think that I would add is if a farm can't survive economically with the loss of that much prop, much you know land because of the buffer requirements yep. in the future, if this bill passed, it's going to put more pressure on them to sell and either you know try to find, buy farmland somewhere else or just retire and walk away from it, and then that opens it up for more opportunities for development, and so yep. we lose that open space, we lose that habitat, um, and that is a bad outcome. Yeah. So 
you know, I think that people should care about this, even if they aren't farming and push for a more collaborative approach. Let's work together, use the conservation district. They've got great staff um, and work towards an outcome where we can all win. Absolutely. Again, check out the Washington Farm Bureau Facebook page. There's an important hearing on this issue coming up already this coming Wednesday at 10 a.m. If ahead of time you go to the Washington Farm Bureau Facebook page, follow them, by the way, so you're always getting their updates and alerts and information on what's going on. But then also uh, find their posts, their links there um, to how you can sign up, their guidance for how you could do that, because we need people's voices. I know there will be more ways for people to speak out and send messages. Uh, we'll be working on that as well here at Save Family Farming, and, and I will certainly keep people uh, updated on social media as well as here on the program as we have more opportunities in that realm as well. Thank you, Tom Davis, uh, Washington Farm Bureau for all the years that you put into this issue and that you continue to work on this and, and continue to expose the truth and stand up for, for what's right. Well, thank you, Dylan, for this opportunity.